Hello everybody. Well, as a child and a teenager, I was fascinated by horses and ponies. I read books with titles like Jill Has Two Ponies. I dreamt a lot about pony clubs, gym corners. I had little pony figures that I used to play with. And I loved tying a washing line onto the handlebars of my two-wheeler bike, taking my feet off the pedals and then running it over pieces of wood outside our house, pretending I was show jumping. In fact, I only found out later in life that my Auntie Nancy, when I was a child, had offered to buy me a pony. I can't believe that my mum and dad said no. Once I started riding in earnest in my teens, the fun began. Working for one lesson took a whole Saturday, mucking out stables, grooming, and coming home stinking of manure. My experiences with horses included being thrown off, trampled on, having my legs squashed against the wall, having a very bad bite on my arm, and the absolute terror of being on a bolting horse, not knowing where it was gonna go or when it was gonna stop. And in later life, getting myself on an advanced rider's ride on a holiday in Holland and realizing that I hadn't actually done it for a while and hanging on for literally grim life and praying that it would come to an end. One sure thing about horses is that they need training. You've all seen the films, horses being broken in on long reins in an enclosed space and gradually taught to obey people. A bit in the mouth, stirrups, a saddle, a rider who knows what to do, how to tell a horse where to go with their legs, their hands and their voice. And today we're thinking about our thoughts. And we could think of our thoughts like horses. They can gallop off in all sorts of different directions and our thought horses need training. If we let them go where they want, they will never serve us well. They need to be led and guided. Here's a question I sometimes dread. Has anybody ever asked you, what are you thinking about? It's so hard to answer. I might say at any given moment, well, I was just thinking about this great deep thought and then I was thinking about the news item I've just read and what we're having for tea and how that person responded to me today and whether my life is counting for something and oh, I mustn't forget Stuart's birthday and what was that my mum said? Oh, and I've got a little bit of a headache. Sometimes David and I will actually think about the same thing at the same time and say it out loud. That is freaky. But we're always thinking about something. I wonder right now, what are you thinking about? What's the general tone of your thoughts most of the time? Are most of your thoughts hopeful or hopeless, happy or sad, peaceful, chaotic, calm, angry? When we think in a certain way, often enough, we get to the point where we just can't stop. Our minds go down a certain track and it needs action if we want to change it. I wonder, is there a track that your thoughts often follow? And is it helpful? Paul, writing to the Philippians, has already spoken about peace, guarding our hearts and our minds. Listen to Pastor David from last week. Now, Paul challenges the Philippians now and us to think about what they're thinking about. So here it is in Philippians 4, verse 8 to 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. 
whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Paul is saying, think about good things. Why? Because Paul understood that our thinking, our minds determine so much. In Proverbs, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What we think determines who we are. I heard someone say this week, we're more like peaches as people than oranges. Basically, that we can't be divided into little segments like an orange. What happens in our minds, for example, affects our emotions, our spiritual life and our bodies. But it's up to us. We must choose to set our minds on the right things. So the command here is to think about such things. Other versions of the Bible say, fasten your thoughts on or fix your thoughts on these things. Think about a time when your attention was taken by something and you couldn't fasten your thoughts or think about anything else, maybe even inappropriately. When our two sons were little boys, we were once out in the beef eater with granny and grandpa and the boys got those kids packs where you can colour in the picture and there's all sorts of things to do. Well, Samuel, our oldest son, went off to the toilet and on his way back, he trotted past this lady, took out a sticker from his pack and stuck it on this lady's back. And all we could see throughout that whole meal was this lady dressed quite formally, politely eating her meal with this sticker, I think it was Postman Pat or something like that, on her back. I'm not sure why it was funny, but it was hilarious at the time. And my dad, who was not prone to fits of laughter, actually lost it. But on a daily basis, what do your thoughts, what do my thoughts keep coming back to? How do we measure as well, what are good thoughts? Now here, Paul gives us some guidelines as to where to aim for in our thought training. How do we train our thought horses? These are guides for our thoughts. If we think this way, it will bring health and life and peace to us, a fruitful life pleasing to God. So here we go. Whatsoever is, think about such things. For each one of these amazing values, I'm just gonna give a few alternative words and a picture that the word encapsulates and an example of something we might think about. Think about what is true, what is valid, reliable, honest. The picture here is of a solid foundation that will not let us fall. For example, we could think about the Bible, we could think about truth that we've learned, we could think about people who are ahead of us in the Christian journey, what we've learned in mentoring, in our life groups. Think about what is noble, what is dignified, worthy of respect. The picture here is of carrying God of a temple. For example, we might think about people who are people that we admire in the Christian life, people who carry God's presence. We might think about Christian nobility, maybe read amazing biographies that inspire us about other Christians' journeys. Think about what is right. Alternative words would be just or conforming to God's standards. And the picture here is of a scales weighing up what is right, what is not right. For example, we may think about justice and righteousness. We're committing as a church here in TLC to speak and act even more in areas like poverty, abortion, racial justice, religious freedom, 
care for our planet. And if you want to be involved with some deeper work on that, then let us know. Think about what is pure, says Paul. The word actually means clean, ready for worship. And the picture might be of newly driven snow, everything covered in white. Think about what is pure. We might think about pure love, waiting for marriage to share intimacy. The purity of a single life, live for Jesus. The purity of a, and beauty of a life made new, that whatever mistakes we've made in the past, however dirty we might have felt, we can be clean, we can have a fresh start. Think about what is lovely. Other words would be attractive, amiable, kind, that which calls forth love. The picture here is of a beautiful person inside and out. For example, we might think about lovely people who make you love them and others more. Think about lovely sights, music, lovely music that draws our hearts to God. Think about what is admirable of good report, worthy of God. The picture here is of a thing done really well so that we go, wow. For example, we may think about the actions that other people have taken that we admire. I might think about the campus that I heard of the other day that's cooked meals, cared for a lady who had a home broken into when her car was stolen and was isolating with several children with special needs and of the money provided by TLC to help her with the insurance. And then Paul says, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Excellent, brilliant, superb, splendid. The picture is of a tool perfected for its task, perfectly formed. For example, we could think about excellent ideas, excellent jobs well done, excellent discoveries and achievements, all the amazing things that people are capable of. And praiseworthy. Deserving of praise, this means, worthy of praise. The picture is of a masterpiece, skillfully created. For example, we may think not of the false praise that the world gives to the wrong things, the shallow praise of people, but what is really worthy of praise, hidden service, faithful lives, people like our friends in Makuru, in Nairobi, feeding, caring, loving in a time of great hardship, meeting the girls from the Project ST in groups, doing all that they can, unnoticed and unsung, despite fear and the unknown, that is praiseworthy. So there we go, some wonderful values and virtues that can guide us as we train our thoughts like horses to go the right way, the life-giving way, the best way, the Jesus way. And then Paul says in verse nine, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Let these values and virtues have weight, give them your attention your energy, your action, let them be used to measure how you will live, how you will spend your money, how you'll bring up children, how you watch TV, etc. Filter everything through these values like a sieve. So we might think of our thoughts like a big sieve to start with, maybe when we first come to Jesus and we're just filtering out well, what is good, what's not good for us to be thinking about. We might then graduate to something with a bit of a finer mesh and just literally be sifting our life out, our thoughts out through a fine mesh of God's word. And gradually, gradually, our thoughts will become purer. Our thoughts will become more and more like Jesus' thoughts. So remember, as you think in your heart, so are you. There's no lasting change in our lives 
apart from a transformation in our minds. Our thinking matters. If you're unhappy with your life today, get in a quiet place, have a meeting with yourself and ask yourself, what have I been thinking about? Let's train our thought horses. Let's take charge of our thoughts and after discipline will come delight and the effects will be seen in our whole lives. And best of all, at the end of the verse, Paul says, and the God of peace will be with you. Yes, peace will guard our hearts and minds. Why? Because the God of peace himself will be with us. I wonder, are we getting there? Minute by minute, are our thoughts becoming more and more like this list we've just read? And we may as well stretch the horse analogy a tiny bit further as we come to a close because a horse needs the right food. Good quality grass, hay, nutrients. So what are we feeding our minds? Garbage in, garbage out. What we put in is so important. We can judge our TV watching, our conversations, our reading, our social media engagement, our gaming, our pastimes, our hobbies, our habits by these standards. And I'm not talking about only looking at things that are Christian. Although there's a great many great Christian books out there. And if you haven't seen The Chosen, TV series, then do download the app. It's amazing. But there is such a thing as good quality literature, great films, thought-provoking documentaries, excellent websites that are not overtly Christian. But let's feed our minds well. Much of what is out there is the opposite to this. Untrue, dishonourable, unjust, impure, unkind, unattractive, shoddy, not worthy of praise. I wonder how much of this are we feeding our thought horses? And here's just a powerful thought as we come to prayer. Who do we know who encapsulates every one of these great words that are to guide our thoughts? Who is true? Who is noble? Who is right? Who is pure? Who is lovely? Who is admirable? Who is excellent and who is praiseworthy? Our Lord Jesus. The more we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, bring our focus back to Jesus, the more we will think right and the more right our lives will be. So let's pray and I've got, we've got a few takeaways just to think about in our lives. Firstly, let's get real. Where are my thoughts? What do I think about a lot? What's the tone of my thoughts? Do I need help? I felt there'd be somebody here watching today who's struggling. You're struggling with what you're looking at or reading, things that damage your thought life. Bring it into the light. Let's get into the Bible. Let's write out truth. Let's find ways to remember, replace the lies with the truth and have a take out every day from your Bible reading. Just let these truths come into your head. Things like, I'm greatly loved by God. I don't have a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. I have the mind of Christ. I'm sent by Jesus. Jesus is with me to the end of the age. Let's renew our minds and train them. And let's get our eyes on Jesus because he's the essence of all these great things. Let's just pray together. Lord, our thought life is key and you know that. Please forgive us for every thought that was not true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent or praiseworthy that we've ever had. We declare today, I have the mind of Christ. 
Help us to address any issues that prevent this and let us become more and more like you. And thank you that the promise is for all of us and the God of peace will be with us.